Welcome back into Sports Talk, a special edition here from the brand new Rouse's Market in Homo Rouse's, the place to shop for wine, liquor, beer, and great food this holiday season. One of our favorite guests here on Sports Talk, happy to welcome in Super Bowl champ and Saints pregame and postgame analyst for CST on your view, former linebacker Scott Shanley. How you doing today, Scott? Hey, I'm doing great. Now, uh, Scott, uh, listen, we're going to have to score. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at the Rams are, uh, what, a four-point favorite, uh, you know, with 44 and a half uh, over and under. Uh, but what is your take? Uh, the reason why I bring this up, because I look at, and you know how tough the, uh, the Ravens are, you know how they went in the trenches. They scored 31 points on the road. They lost in overtime. But against that Browns defense, they scored 36. So I said, uh, if this is a game, our defense needs to bring it because how we think the defense is supposed to be the strength of our team, well, this is the game we better bring it against Matthew Stafford and the Rams. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I said a couple days ago um, that the Rams are kind of a Jekyll and Hyde team that nobody really knows what Rams team you're going to get. But you just said, like, going on the road against the Ravens team and putting those, up, those points up, I, I thought immediately after the win on Sunday and my focus went to the Rams, I immediately thought of the Saints' pass defense versus Sean McVay's offensive scheme, those receivers, Matthew Stafford. We'll see how healthy they are on the offensive line, but I think Sean McVay is one of the best play callers in the NFL. He, as far as he will design the matchups he wants, he's going to run a ton of crossing routes, a ton of rub routes. He's going to do a lot of motion. He's going to mess with your eyes if you're a linebacker. So it's going to be tough. The Saints' defense has to carry over that momentum they played with last week. DeMario Davis played his best game of the year, was all over the field the first quarter. And I think, I really believe DeMario's energy set the tone for that game defensively. He, he You know, anytime, just like Jimmy on offense, whenever you have an older guy get up and get the crowd into it and get going, I think the young guys stand on the sideline and say, well, why am I not playing like that? These guys are 35, 37 years old. And I thought both those guys were, were energetic and brought the energy. But, yeah, it, the defense, it's going to come down to the defense and can they stop this Rams offense. Now, uh, the, you know, Scott, when I look at the Rams have won uh, four of their last five games, uh, they're 7-7. Seven and seven. Uh, You look at the pivotal three-game final stretch. Uh, we got the Rams, we got Tampa Bay and Atlanta. Uh, to reach the playoffs, obviously you want to do that for the first time since the 2020 season. When I look at uh, now the Rams currently own the number seven seed in the NFC uh, playoff picture, but if the Saints can win. You know, it's like what it could have, should have. But the Saints win, the chances of them making the playoffs are 80%. This even before we play Tampa Bay or the Falcons. I don't know how they figure this stuff out. But, uh, you look, uh, 46% chance of winning the division. And uh, you look at like a wild card berth. But the one thing uh, that what I saw, if the Saints went out, we all know they're in the playoffs. But if they win... Any of their two, their final three games, they have 82% chance uh, uh, that, that uh, all of a sudden the division or 94% chance they make the playoffs. 82% division, but 94% chance in the playoffs. So when I'm looking at this, I'm telling you, this Rams game, because it's NFC, is as important as Tampa Bay and the Falcons. You know, you might think, oh, uh, uh, NFC South game, Tampa Bay and Atlanta. But this game against the Rams is just as important. I'm telling you, when you look at the yeah. tiebreakers, it all comes about just as important at Tampa Bay winning at Tampa and Atlanta at home. 
Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, what's crazy to me is a couple of weeks ago, it was like, if you don't win the division, you're going home for sure. And now there's mathematical chances you can make the wild card without winning a bad division. So it's kind of crazy. But yeah, you just need to take care of business. It's about, to me, I said two weeks ago, after they beat Carolina, Carolina's not a very good team. We all know that. And the Giants were, were 3-0 and and they were rolling and the DeVito hype and his agent were all hyped up, but they weren't a good team either. But to the Saints' credit, they they took care of two bad teams. And and I think they played their most complete game on Sunday. Now it's about stacking those wins. They did that. Now it's about getting a third win. And it's about carrying over the things you've been successful at. They fixed the red zone woes a few weeks ago. They finally figured out that Jimmy Graham can fix a lot of those things. So can you keep doing those things that you were successful on? The only thing I want to see this team do more, and I think if, the, if this happens, this team will win the division and, and be a tough out in the playoffs, is that the defense can start taking the ball away again. We have not enough takeaways. Really good last week as far as sacks. Pressure on the quarterback will always win you games. But I, I think if you can give this offense more opportunities by taking the ball away every week, you'll win this division. Scott, you and I were talking about this at halftime. And maybe you can give some LSU people some perspective. We were talking about two players that are going to sign with LSU tomorrow, uh, one being Caden Dunham, the running back, then you get the linebacker, too, from the Texas area that you're familiar with. So kind of give LSU fans a little bit of a scouting perspective from your standpoint. Man, Caden, he just went off uh, this past weekend running the football. And then LSU needs help in front seven-wise. So any linebacking help would be a, a big plus for him. Oh, uh, first of all, with the running back, Duncanville is one of the best uh, football programs in the country. They, they just roll out there and they look like a college team. I mean, every spot they, they they just look the part, but he is an outstanding running back, and he, he's electric. He can hit the home run ball. He's got great vision. And I looked up, and they were playing in the state championship a couple of days ago, and, and he's got over 200 yards in the second quarter in Texas high school football. It was, it was amazing. He's an amazing player. But Debo Atkins, the linebacker, is, is I really like him. He's a little bit undersized. But he almost reminds me of Deion Jones. He's super fast. He's very agile. He's cat quick, and he can cover running backs. He blitzes off the edge well. And I think LSU fans will be excited about him playing linebacker for them and playing sideline to sideline. Now, uh, you know, Scott, to stay on the college uh, football side of things, I mean, I know you got to be fired up. Uh, you're probably one of the greatest uh, football players to ever come out of Nebraska the state in Nebraska. Now, I don't know what that's saying, but I know you were the best. Uh, but, but no. Uh, that's a compliment, Scott, uh, in his no, own no, way. No, you know it, what I mean? It, it is a compliment. Player, hey, 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 but I look at Matt Rule in Nebraska, and all of a sudden you're getting a quarterback who's a five-star to all of a sudden blow off Georgia, and I'm going to Nebraska. I mean, you got to be fired up about that. Oh, okay, there's some legacy stuff with that. I, I'll let Scott take care of that. Yeah, so I played I played at Nebraska with with um, Dylan Raiola is the five star quarterback. A lot of people have him number one quarterback overall. We played against him when he was at Burleson. John Kitna was his coach, and we beat him in the playoffs. But he, as a sophomore, was six four, two fifteen, two twenty, rocket arm, and uh, he's moved around a couple different places: Arizona, then Georgia for high school football. But yeah, I think getting a player of that caliber will help in the recruiting, and it'll help bring other eyes. He's gonna have every opportunity to, to play as a true freshman. Uh, his dad was an outstanding center, played for the Detroit Lions for a really long time. Um, and then you throw in Neil Smith, who played for the Kansas City Chiefs. His his son is another legacy signing. He signed um, or gave a commitment recently. So I, I think Nebraska fans have a lot to be excited about. But 
you fix the quarterback position, and if you can fix the O-line and the D-line in the Big Ten, you can win some games. That's kind of what Harbaugh did. Harbaugh went out and got some road-grading offensive linemen, got some good defensive linemen, and uh, that's kind of how he fixed his program. And, uh, Mike, uh, well, wasn't that Neil Smith? Wasn't he from Slidell? Uh, Shanley? Well, where was that? He's from no, he's Louisiana. New Orleanian. In New Orleanian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In New no, Orleans, Neil, he went Neil to Nebraska. Was, man, Denver Broncos, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he would be in pro football's Hall of Very Good. Okay. Okay. I mean, he, he was a really good NFL player, high school-wise. And he went to Nebraska And he went New to Orleans. Nebraska. He wasn't highly recruited. Then all of a sudden, everybody like was Tyron after him. Hughes. Tyron Hughes. But know. remember, Nebraska recruited Louisiana and New Orleans pretty well. Those Joseph brothers went there. Yeah, yeah. They all went Mickey Joseph and all that Joseph brothers. So there was a pipeline between Louisiana and Nebraska. But the main pipeline is Scott Chanley from Nebraska. You can't get more homegrown than Scott Chanley. I mean, that, that's what I look at. People ask me, like, oh, look at all these players from all over the country in different states, and they might say, well, boy, Nebraska, Johnny Rogers and all in the 70s. Let me tell you, uh, you know who's one of the greatest players to come out of Nebraska? I tell them Scott Chanley. And they said, oh, yeah, I know that name. I, I know who that is. Scott, it's you almost know? like he's trying to be your agent. <laughs> like you've you gotten back to some youth and you're ready to play again. Scott, uh, looking we, at we, it. We, uh, uh, go I was going to say, we need to get Bobby to talk to the Nebraska folks. We'll get some autograph signing set up. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> some how, big money. A, how big of a cut is it in the NFC? between San Francisco and you, we've seen the Eagles and Cowboys sort of just melt down uh, the last couple of weeks. How big of a cut is that between the 49ers and the rest of the group? Oh, it's a, it's a big discrepancy. The, the thing with the 49ers is I, I've always thought Kyle Shanahan is a heck of a play caller. He, he's never really he, – he's kind of always choked in the big games. If you look back to being the OC for Matt Ryan, great year, MVP for Ryan. And then a few years ago in the Chiefs uh, Super Bowl, the first time they played, they, they probably should have won that game. So uh, that's not taking anything away from Kyle. I think he's one of the best play callers in the NFL. But they have an outstanding, very talented offense and defense and he designs plays every single week. And my thing with the 49ers is they've been playing so well all year that I've been saying eventually they're not going to play this well. And they just keep playing better every single week. And it's like, did you peak too early? And, and so far they haven't. They just they have looked like the cream of the crop in the NFC. I've never been a believer in the Cowboys, to be honest with you. Dan Quinn goes out there and he puts dime defense on the field and then wonders why they can't stop the run. Uh, they need to put bigger bodies on the field. But, um, you know, Mike McCarthy has done a good job as, as, a, as a coach in the OC for the Cowboys this year. I just think the 49ers are so far ahead of everybody in the NFC. Can they maintain this level of play is the question. Well, the question is, and hopefully it's an answer in the future, it's always a great day for the Houdan Nation when the Saints win and the Cowgirls lose. Uh, I'm telling you. Scott, you, I'm almost at Who are you telling, Bobby? Every time, every time I'm in New Orleans at the game and I'm tracking the Cowboys and they lose, I can't wait to jump on that flight. Oh, yeah, because the way I look at it right now, now, you know, you want to uh, repeat that to that and all that. I'm telling you right now, if we would host a play, uh, playoff game, win the NFC South and whip Dallas, I don't care what we do against the freaking 49ers or Eagles or anything. I'm telling you, no, you want to win another Super Bowl, but I'm telling you, it'd be that meaningful, and I'm telling you, there'd be cowgirl fans jumping off the bridge. Uh, they'd be like, you gotta be, <laughs> oh, yeah. you, you got to be kidding me. Because no, they think like so far, so close, but so far all the time. Oh, yeah, the 92-93, the those, those teams were really great, but that was a long time ago. I mean, it was a, a really long time ago, and they're, they're shoved down our throat every week in primetime games. Jerry Jones, we know, runs the league, but uh, 
I look at this Saints team, and crazier things have happened. What if they all? What if all these guys just start playing their best football when it matters most? What if Derek Carr plays his best football come uh, late December and early January? What if Alvin Kamara looks like the Kamara from uh, 2020, 2019? Like you never know. You just never know. What if this team gets as healthy as, as they've been all year? So they're they're a very talented team. Now you just need to see them carry over that success week in and week out. Now, Scott, the, the one individual that I am worried about now, uh, listen, hey, Bear, how about you just take care of the Rams? <laughs> you know what's hot right now? The freaking Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Baker Mayfield. It's because of Baker. Baker Mayfield has been unfreaking believable. Okay, I can tell you, everybody in August, come uh, OTAs. They food, Baker. No, we we uh, did. No, we all did. We, we all did. did. Uh, OTAs, mini cam, they go like, uh, Tampa Bay is going to be at the bottom. We all thought Tampa Bay might be where Carolina is at. Caleb, we thought, right? Yeah, no, like, yeah. uh, kind of like Carolina. But look at Baker Mayfield. That's why I like he's a dog. I like dogs. <laughs> he's a fighter. If I'm looking at the Bucks right now, okay, look at that. They all of a sudden, uh, they're, they're like a phoenix. They rise from the ashes. All of a sudden. Don't uh, rise up too uh, much, what, uh, All of a sudden, they lost four straight. And then all of a sudden, uh, six or seven overall after three and one start. Think about that. They were three and one. They lost four straight, then six or seven. Okay, you look what Baker Mayfield did. I've been there at Lambeau Field. That's the mecca of the NFL. Baker Mayfield had his best game of the season. He sure did. I he couldn't was, believe oh, it. He, 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 he wasn't was, overwhelmed. He, was he, really he threw was. for 381 yards, four touchdowns. He had a perfect quarterback rating. Oh, I said, that's not good for the Saints because uh, we're going to have to play him in Tampa. We're going to win yeah. that. Now we've got to beat the Rams. He's getting his but, good games out of the way. But the, the one yeah. thing, uh, you know what's encouraging to help him? <laughs> is Rashad White. Yep. Now he had 89 yards rushing, 21 attempts. But you look at uh, Tampa Bay where they're at right now. You know, you think like, oh, just throw the ball, throw the ball. No, you got to be able to run it. Tampa Bay is averaging 125 yards on the ground, nearly 35 over their season average and uh, over the past four games. So all of a sudden, they're running the football 35 yards more when they're winning now than they did when they weren't winning. Okay, because early in the yep. season, Rashad White was not making that and, sort of and, impact. No, and they're counting the on him right now, and now, he's doing it. he's the guy, uh, so to speak. And they, they've run the football. They've done a great job. But, Scott, just think about this. The Packers have nine former first-round picks on defense, and Baker Mayfield ate them up this weekend. Just ate him up. Ate him up. I mean, he might have done too uh, too many commercials in Cleveland, but ain't doing too many (laughs) damn commercials in Tampa. I know that. I mean, I've been pleasantly surprised. I like people that handle adversity. That's why you hating Baker Mayfield. You're a hater. Come on. You got to keep it real. I'm raising my hand over here, too. Like, when they signed him, I thought it was a bridge type thing where they were going to go get somebody and he was going to play for one year. But he's done a really good job, and you're right. They're sneaky under the radar because I, I always thought this, this division is going to come down to Atlanta and the Saints. I said that about a month ago. And now this, the Atlanta can't figure out who their quarterback is. Ritter keeps turning the football over. Now they went back to Heineke this week. They're, I think anytime you have quarterback issues this late in the season, you're done. It doesn't matter. And so you're right. The, the Buccaneers are flying under the radar, playing some really good football. And as a defensive guy, as a linebacker, I think I, Todd Bowles is a really good coach, defensive coach. And as long as you have uh, Levante David and Devin White on the field at linebacker, you got a chance to wreak some havoc for a lot of teams every week. But but Baker is making that thing go right now. Well, uh, that, you know what you know what I hope for, Scott, because uh, I've looked at enough of different scenarios. 
I'm telling you, whether you're winning the NFC South or you're in the postseason. Now, we obviously want to win the NFC South to host a game. We beat, now it's not 100%, nothing's ever 100%, but we beat the Rams and beat Tampa Bay. It won't even matter what we do against the Falcons. I thought it would come down to 2024. But it's a week earlier. No, no, no. I think it's going to be the week earlier. I'm telling you. Uh, we, we beat the Rams, we beat the Bucks. we're in. I'm telling you, you can look it up. I, I look I at a lot of different scenarios. Now, different things, you know, but, but it's very, it's in our favor a lot going to the postseason. I don't know if we host it or not, but you beat the Rams and beat Tampa Bay, we're in. We're in the postseason. I, 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 I agree the with only you. thing bad is the NFC record because that's yeah. where Tampa and some of the other teams got you. They have a better uh, the NFC record against opponents than with the Saints. That's why you always cheer against the Vikings or the Packers. Uh, you know, it didn't work last night with Seattle. Well, no, no, then <laughs> Seattle and the whole <laughs> NFC and all that. But head-to-head, that's why you don't want the Packers or Vikings to do good because head-to-head and all. So, no, it all comes down to – listen, yeah. the NFL loves that we're talking about this. Uh, oh, now, yeah. now, think about oh. that. You're coming down the wire, whether it's the AFC or the NFC. Now, the, the AFC might be a little better. Uh, they're seven and six instead of the NFC six and seven. But it's like half the teams in the AFC or the NFC, everyone's hovering around seven and six, six and seven. The NFL loves that, Scott. You know that. Oh, they absolutely do. And, and, you know, I'm guilty of this now. And I sit there and I look at that, that lead we gave up in Lambeau Field. We should have beat the Packers and Jordan Love earlier in the year. And then how the heck did we lose to Josh Dobbs in the Minnesota Vikings? He can't get his way back on the field now. Nick Mullins is in there for him. So those are two games that you wish you, you could have back. But, yeah, there's a lot of parity underneath of the, the 49ers in the NFC. Um, but, hey, anything can happen in the playoffs. Last year, do you think the 49ers thought that they wouldn't have a guy who could throw a forward pass when they played out the Eagles? No, injuries happen. You never know. What can happen in playoff football? You just need to take care of business. That's why I say the Saints versus the Rams, I don't want to hear short week. We had to travel. I don't want to hear any of that. I want to see you continue to play really good football and don't have a stinker and keep on climbing those steps. Now, uh, you know, Scott, what I've been encouraged by uh, before we let you run is that, uh, boy, uh, to get after the opposing quarterback. Because that's one thing under Dennis Allen – that uh, we've been able to get sacks and amongst the best, like high 40s or low 50s. And finally, you look at the past couple of games, especially you get seven sacks. I can guarantee, and I don't know if we could do it, he's probably going to flick the ball and get rid of it. But if we get after Matthew Stafford, uh, no, we're going to win. Uh, well, we're going to win. Uh, but you, cannot, you, can't, you can't let him make a sandwich back there. You know, like, oh, Matthew Stafford is confident. Uh, and you're not really yelling yeah, like 1,001. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he gets rid of the football too quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he ain't no, going to even eat the sandwich. No, 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 throw no, it. That, that, that's what I'm saying. It, it, then you've got to have tight coverage. And, and then if he is jacking the ball back there and holding on to it, you've got to hit him. You've got to hit him. We've got to get after him. Be, be, because no doubt that, about that's, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I'm, I was just going to say, it really comes down to, I, if you can continue to rush four guys, like you know, last week, and, and you have to bring some pressure, but I don't know how much pressure Dennis will bring versus these receivers if, if he likes those matchups with our safeties and, and DBs. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot more four-man rushes this week with some coverage, take care of those receivers, put seven guys into coverage, because you're expecting guys to win one-on-one up front against a Rams line who is kind of beat up right now. So that'll be the interesting dynamic. Will, will Dennis trust? covering one-on-one against these really good receivers, or will he play coverage and rush four and expect guys to win one-on-one like last week? 
Now, uh, you know, Scott, now we're going to let you run. Uh, I'm going to leave you with this. <laughs> and uh, Dennis Allen, you're saying it a damn opinion. You can hate Dennis Allen, you like him or hate him, whatever. This is not an opinion. I've been saving this. Do you know the Saints are the only team? Okay, only team. There's 32 teams, right? Mm-hmm. NFL. You look at Cleveland, the Rams, whoever you think is the best defense or whatever in the NFL. The Saints are the only team to rank in the top 10 in both total uh, defense and scoring defense each of the previous three seasons. So 20, 21, 22, now we're at 23. Only the New Orleans football Saints, not the New York, uh, the New York football Giants, New Orleans football Saints is the only team in the NFL that is ranked in the top 10 in total defense and scoring defense. That ain't no opinion. With That's what happened. That's what happened. That happened. Now, can we bring that uh, to end this season? I'm telling you, Dennis Allen wants to bring that to end the season so he keep his yeah. job. Yeah, I mean, look, if, we've all kind of said that the strength of this team for the last two or three years was the defense. And so I think that's kind of why we were a little bit disappointed this year when they couldn't stop the run and weren't kind of t- had a few weeks off against Josh Dobbs and, and the fourth quarter against the Packers. So you get disappointed because this defense, despite the injuries, can be really dominant. And, and I love the scheme that Dennis runs. And, yeah, I think he's an outstanding defensive coach who understands matchups in this league. But it's about getting after Stafford this week. Scott, always appreciate your football knowledge you get you share with us. Uh, always great to uh, join us. And uh, will you be heading out to the game in L.A. this week? Oh, no, heading down to New Orleans, doing all-in studio, and, uh, and hopefully talking about a win. Gotcha. Hopefully see you around town, Scott. Appreciate you. All right, Thank you, Scott. Scott. Thank you. Brother. All right, we'll see you guys. Thanks. That's Saints pregame and postgame analyst for CST on your view, Scott Shanley, Super Bowl champ.